Welcome to A Little Bit Unstoppable. This podcast is for artists, creators, and changemakers in any industry who have powerful ideas that might just change the world, or at least a small piece of it. My name is Brielle Goheen, and I'm a clarity coach for creatives. I help people declutter their minds, declutter their physical and digital spaces, and most importantly, declutter their dreams and hack their habits so that the most important things become the easiest to do. I believe that creativity will change the world. So I want to equip you to release your creativity with power in a way that is effortless and sustainable. One of the small, simple ways that I do this is through my weekly newsletter, Unstoppable Bit by Bit. If you'd like to receive encouragement, inspiration, and some more personal stories, head over to briellegoheen.com to sign up. Without further ado, let's get started with today's episode. I want to talk today about attempting little illusion. The illusion is perfection. The thing is that perfection is not a thing. It doesn't exist. It is only an illusion. It's a fantasy. I read Brene Brown's book, Daring Greatly, recently, and she said, quote, perfect and bulletproof are seductive, but they don't exist in the human experience, end of quote. It's a concept or an idea that is just not rooted in the human reality. Excellence, on the other hand, is very real. And it's a lot more generous to imperfections than you might think. It's actually dependent on imperfections. Excellence is resilient and robust, and it can make use of all imperfect efforts. In my life and in my art, I'm at war for excellence against perfectionism. It's been a really hard fight for me for most of my life. And to be honest, it was a war that I was losing miserably until the second that I realized and truly accepted that perfection doesn't even exist. And suddenly when you see the enemy as it is, instead of how you imagined it would be, it's kind of like the emperor with no clothes, right? It's just a bunch of smoke and mirrors and vapor, and you realize that it didn't actually exist. And in that moment, it becomes the easiest war in the world to win. Perfection is just a thought habit. The battles are all thought in your brain. So I'm going to give you some really helpful thoughts and strategies and ideas on how you can identify unhelpful perfectionistic thought habits and replace them with more truthful thought habits that support your desire to cultivate excellence. And hopefully one or two of them will take hold in your mind. And as you teach yourself a new thought habit, the truth will just blossom and grow inside your mind and you will outgrow the old unhelpful thought habits. And this new truthful brain will just leave no more room 
for these lies of perfection. So just to start off, I want you to personify perfectionism in your mind for a minute. What do they look like in your mind? Maybe it's someone from your past, or maybe it's a completely imagined person. You can give this imaginary person a name. This is your perfectionism personified. And even though this person is imaginary, of course, as like a figment of your own brain, they are a real jerk. But because they're from your own brain, they're actually quite smart. And they know you really well. So that the lies that they tell you are calibrated just perfectly to align with your worst fears. And they attack at just the right moment when you are at your weakest. And they constantly change tactics each time you outgrow them. Every time you grow beyond believing the lie that they just told you, they shapeshift. John Acuff wrote an awesome book called Finished. And in this book, he explores why people and particularly creative people stop so often in the middle of projects and don't take them all the way through to completion. So as you can imagine, there's a lot of talk about perfectionism. I'm going to try to summarize here for you his genius insight into the four lies that perfectionism will whisper in your ear at each stage as you work toward creating something that you really care about creating. Here's the first lie of perfectionism. Perfectionism whispers this first lie before you have even started. It says, quit if it isn't perfect. The sneaky little lie is found in the word if. The reality is that it shouldn't be if it isn't perfect. It should be when it isn't perfect. Because remember, perfect is an illusion. It's a fantasy. It's a concept that is not rooted in the human experience. So imperfect is all there is. Imperfect is inevitable. But if perfectionism were to whisper, quit when it isn't perfect, that would expose the harshness of what it's actually saying, that your two options are perfect or not at all, which since perfect doesn't exist, means just don't do it. You might as well quit now. But by putting if in there, it kind of softens the blow and subtly convinces you that you could potentially do it perfectly, but if you can't, then you might as well just quit. But if you believe that you could potentially do it perfectly, you will end up quitting when you hit your first obstacle. So the truth is that your only option is imperfect or not at all. So embrace imperfection and do it with a skip in your step because it's the brave choice and it's the only alternative to inaction. It is the only way to achieve excellence. So once you've decided to keep going in imperfection, then perfectionism will creep in and tell you the second lie. It says your goals should be bigger. Perfectionism changes tactics and says, well, if it's going to be imperfect, it better be impressive. 
This is why defining what done will look like at the very beginning of embarking on a project is so important. Because once you have the end defined and you don't change it, then you can pursue and map out an effortless path to get there. Perfectionism will try to trick you into changing the finish line and making the project so overwhelming that you give up because you can never achieve the end of anything. And there's nothing wrong with big ambitious goals. That's not what I'm saying. I am a huge fan (laughs) of exciting large scope projects. And I have a lot of ambitious goals myself, but just make sure that you've accounted for the scope of what you're trying to create when it comes to the timeline and the resources that it will take so that what you're trying to create can and will actually be accomplished without you giving up. Okay, so now that you've recognized the second lie and you've decided to do things that aren't overwhelming to you in scope and Tangentially, I just want to emphasize to you, don't worry if your projects overwhelm other people. I've seen my projects strike fear in the eyes of people that I've told, which is one of the reasons that I actually keep a lot of the details of what I'm creating and how I'm going about it within a small circle of high trust individuals. You are accountable only to yourself to be honest with yourself about what size projects you're truly prepared to handle and see through to completion. Okay, end of tangent. (laughs) So you've decided to do things that aren't overwhelming to you in scope and you've decided to do them imperfectly. So now perfectionism will whisper a third lie in your ear. It will say, you can do it all. It is so tempting to pretend that trade-offs are optional, but they just aren't. When you choose to give extra time and attention to one thing, you're taking it away from something else. This is just how it goes. You can't do it all. And you certainly can't do it all on your own. You are a human. I am a human. We have limited capacity. We have limited time, limited energy, limited resources. But when you become clear about what you stand for, when you're clear about what you want to create in the world, the impact that you want to have, your internal motivation for doing everything that you do, then you'll know what trade-offs are worth making. You will know what things you truly want to prioritize now and what things can wait. And just as an aside, if you aren't clear on those things I listed above, I do one-on-one clarity coaching. So don't hesitate to reach out to me if you're at a place in your life where you're ready to do the work to figure those answers out. The answers exist. It's just a matter of pulling them to the surface. And I love coaching people through that process. So don't believe perfectionism's lie that you can and must do it all. You can't. I can't. And neither can anyone else. And that's okay. Now at this point, perfectionism is really backed into a corner. So it whispers the fourth lie. It says, fun doesn't count. The lie here is that if you enjoy it, it's not allowed. So 
because you enjoy dancing, it doesn't count as a fitness or a cardio activity. Because you enjoy listening to audiobooks, it doesn't count as reading. Or because you just love decorating cakes, you couldn't possibly charge someone for it and turn it into a business. John Acuff calls these secret rules that we make for ourselves. When I read this chapter, I realized that I had this secret rule about vegetables. <laughs> I had the secret rule that baby carrots and salads that contained nuts didn't count as vegetables. Like obviously the nuts don't count as a vegetable, but like not even like the leafy greens. Those didn't count as vegetables because I really enjoyed eating them. And really the only vegetable that counted was beans because I hate green beans. And so that's the only vegetable that I could really count as a vegetable. But the truth is that we don't repeat what we don't enjoy. And so I never ate beans because I hate beans. But then I would feel like, well, what, what's the use of even eating baby carrots or salads with nuts? Because like those aren't even real vegetables. So this is another lie that perfection whispers to try to get us to quit. If the truth is that we don't repeat what we enjoy, then the opposite is also true. So we repeat what we enjoy. So really, the only way that we are going to complete our projects is by finding the joy in them and doing those things that we enjoy or making the things that we need to do enjoyable in order to complete the project. If you really struggle with perfectionism, I would encourage you to just write these four lies down on a piece of paper and put it somewhere where you'll see it on a regular basis. I'll just say them again here quickly so you can jot it down if you are at a place where you have pen and paper. The first lie is quit if it isn't perfect. The second lie is your goals should be bigger. The third lie is you can do it all. And the fourth lie is fun doesn't count. You could write down the name that you used to personify perfectionism back at the beginning of this episode, but I want you to try to identify when you hear them whisper any of these phrases and then tell them that they are not correct and they're not welcome. This also works when other people project their own fear and perfectionism onto you. This often takes the form of shaming. I may have shared this before in the podcast, I'm not sure, but it bears repeating, even if I have, it bears repeating many, many times. Seth Godin published a short mini-series kind of podcast recording some sessions from a week-long workshop that he led. And one thing that he said just stopped me in my tracks. It broke through the barriers that my own perfectionism and the shaming from other people's perfectionism had built up around me. And it left me crying from the beauty of freedom as these barriers were just knocked down. I think it was just like a one-off comment in answer to a question. But he said, and I'm quoting now, I'm not going to be ashamed of who I am or what I care about. This is me. This is what I believe in. And I cared enough about it to put it into the world. If it's not for you, that's okay. 
but I will not accept your shame. I'm being vulnerable because I want to be better at this, but you may not give me your shame in return. I'm just not going to take it. It's not for you to give me. End quote. Many of you may be familiar with Brene Brown. She is a brilliant shame and vulnerability researcher. And in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, she writes that people who are held back by the fear of shame and vulnerability are actually not able to live wholeheartedly. It's only through letting go of who you are supposed to be and embracing who you are right now that you can live wholeheartedly. And in my opinion, living wholeheartedly is at the root of that elusive, difficult to define trait that we call confidence. But that's a conversation for another day. Brene Brown began studying the people that she identified as living wholeheartedly to see if she could find some common traits that they all shared. And in the end, she came up with 10 guideposts to wholehearted living. Each guidepost includes something to cultivate and something to let go of. So I'm going to read them for you here. One, cultivate authenticity and let go of what other people think. Two, cultivate self-compassion and let go of perfectionism. Three, cultivate a resilient spirit and let go of numbing and powerlessness. Four, cultivate gratitude and joy and let go of scarcity and fear of the dark. Five, Cultivate intuition and trusting faith and let go of the need for certainty. Six, cultivate creativity and let go of comparison. Seven, cultivate play and let go of exhaustion. Eight, cultivate calm and stillness and let go of anxiety as a lifestyle. Nine, cultivate meaningful work and let go of self-doubt and supposed to. Ten, cultivate laughter, song, and dance. And let go of always being cool and in control. It's such a wise list, but it does beg the question, how? How do you cultivate it? And the answer is, as for everything, practice. We remember what we rehearse. I knew that I needed to internalize the wisdom from these guideposts in my life. So I posted them in my bathroom so that I could effortlessly read them through several times every single day. It's actually fallen off the bathroom wall now. Here I am. I'm sharing my imperfections with you. That's not really an imperfection. Anyway, it's fallen. That's like faux imperfection. I I hope that I'm sharing other real imperfections with you. (laughs) But anyway, it's fallen off of my bathroom wall now. So this is actually a good reminder for me to hang the frame back up because that is just a fire list. 
And I would love for my kids to read that every day and internalize it. And I know as I was reading that, there are things that I still need to learn and continue to cultivate things and continue to let go of things. When I posted that on my bathroom wall, I also posted a whole bunch of post-it notes. Each one I wrote, radical self-compassion in all capitals on them. And I just take them all around my office. And sometimes I'm a bit nervous that when people enter my studio space, they'll think that I'm just a little bit crazy because of all the notes to myself that I put up around the room. But that's me and I won't accept any shame for it. <laughs> Another way to cultivate these qualities of wholehearted living is by really embracing good enough, which I've talked about on the podcast before. So if you want to hear more about that, about embracing good enough, go back and listen to episode number 12 for a longer discussion on the question, when is good enough good enough? What you have to offer right now is good enough. If I waited until I felt like I was perfect to begin offering what I know to other people, I never would have created this podcast. I never would have created my online course. I never would have started coaching people. I never would have, especially never would have created a meditation app because I have no business creating an app. But it's good enough. It is good enough. You are good enough. What you have to give is good enough right now. Keep giving these gifts of imperfection. It takes bravery and it takes courage to walk the artistic path. And we need to support and encourage each other as much as possible. If you found this episode helpful, consider sharing it with a friend or leaving a review in your favorite podcast listening app. And don't forget to subscribe if you haven't already so that you'll be notified each time a new episode is up. Remember, the worlds we imagine are the worlds we build. So ambitious creators, imagine something beautiful and take the next step, no matter how small, toward building it.